0: Mountain Wellness,
1: optimizing human performance to extend longevity for mountain athletes.
0: What up, mountain athletes and outdoor adventurers? Welcome to another episode of the Mountain Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Reed, and I'm joined, as always, with my mountain brother,
1: Mr. Mike Mahi. What's going on, brother? <laughs> ah, morning, California to Montana. That one was that one was for you. What's happening, dude? Oh, I was rushing this morning, man. I was, you know, it's that it's that mountain time and that Pacific time. <laughs> Every once in a while, it's just. just
0: awesome. I'm just gonna put it on the table right now for the listeners. Like this this episode right here is taking some uh, considerable. Uh, Rescheduling, and I think everything possible has been thrown at us. I know I'll take the, I'll take the blame for uh, two of them. We we've attempted to record twice, and I don't know why Mike and I haven't established yet that since we're mountain wellness that we should be on mountain time. But Mike's in California, there I'm in go. Montana, and it's like <laughs> we keep getting the times messed up. So we're here, uh, recording Saturday morning, which is not typical, but. I like the vibes at the den on Saturdays, so I'm stoked, dude. I'm stoked to connect with you and um, coming off a, a stellar vacation in Lake Powell. So uh, I'm feeling
1: good. Oh, man. I saw some of the imagery. Uh, it, it absolutely incredible. It looked like the Grand Canyon with, with the Colorado River, like you guys are just <laughs> floating down the Colorado River in a hotel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, for those that haven't been to Lake
0: Powell and... It's it's not your typical lake. It literally is, like Mike said, the Grand Canyon. Um and uh I think there's over I know there's over a thousand miles of shoreline on Lake Powell. So there it, it's just incredible. And we were on just a uh phenomenal boat. I'll just put it at that. Um we were definitely riding in style and out there for seven days. Uh, maybe we saw three other boats in that time, uh so completely disconnected it was and not to mention with the family brought Grady and Eli the boys and so sharing with uh sharing that with them for the first time, and you know, that 's where Kayla and I first uh, really got to know each other was on a lake pal oh, that was incredible. a trip wow so, yeah man it was uh and I got to wakeboard it was good to good to get on a board and um feel that out again. I didn't disappoint. Especially there. (laughs) Right? It's the best place ever. Yeah, you had to
1: feel it there. Just like, yeah. It was just incredible to see some of the imagery. And you'll appreciate this before we jump into
0: uh, today's topic, which is going to be fueling nutrition and how to really become metabolically flexible. And we'll get into that. Oh, I'm
1: excited about this. um,
0: Quick story on the wakeboarding. It was funny because um, a couple of the... Well, actually, all of but one... uh, wakeboarded all uh, everybody there and uh, at least all all the dudes so that was cool but i laid low for a couple days before i uh did it for the first time so uh andy and his brother caleb and a couple of the younger the the young bucks were out there and uh i was just kind of letting them ride and they knew that I was, I had some experience wakeboarding, but you know, it's the blind guy. Like what is it? <laughs> no one ever really can grasp that at least the, the blind amputee thing until they actually see it. But, uh, you know, I've told you this before, it's easier to, to, to dock start as a wakeboarder. It's a lot easier to get ready. So, um, when Brian came to me and asked me to wakeboard or if I wanted to wakeboard, I was like, yeah, for sure. So I started setting up on the back of the houseboat and, uh, the guys are like, "Hey, you get Corey, you gonna jump in." And I was like, "No, I'm good. I'll just start right here." So I popped off right at the back of the houseboat and went on my way. And uh, you could you could tell like the energy shifted. Like, wait, what? Did did you just do that? So it, <laughs> it was good to be back in my roots and uh, and just yeah, out there boarding. And uh, so I definitely connected with really connected with everybody. It was it was a good time. Awesome. Anyways. Uh, this can be a, a pretty complex topic, Mike, as you know, and I think the best way to approach it, we talked offline, is uh, let's just treat this no different than when I have a client walk in here um, as far as uh, coaching them how to become metabolically flexible and uh, nutrition and fueling and all the, the complications of trying to you know dig through what's right, what's wrong. Oh.
1: Oh, no, I'm ready. I've got my apple Fitter donut right here. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> it's, it's perfect.
0: All right. So minus the screening process that I, uh, actually that, that Kenny Kane, I've now adopted Kenny Kane's model, which has worked brilliant, like just awesome. Like I can't, uh, shout out to Kenny. Um, I don't know if he has an actual name for that four quadrant model that he puts together, uh, but I've really been utilizing it. Mm. Intuitively was doing it, but now to have a
1: framework uh, to work around has been even easier. Uh, the intake, bringing somebody in for the first time. and,
0: and- Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it, he really put it, it just, uh, like I said, it, it's a nice framework. So let's mm-hmm. just uh, assume that the listeners here are, we've identified that uh, 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 one, you guys want to make a change to optimize... Your nutrition and the way you eat, the way you feel, uh, to make sure that those um, those goals are aligned with the behavior, uh, and you know, and that's pretty. You know, just for an illustration or an example, there's a lot of people that want to make a change, but their behavior, their commitment, their discipline doesn't align with the goals that they want to achieve. It's like I want to be a millionaire, but they don't want to put the work into. Uh, putting something together to become a millionaire or uh, they want to lose weight, but they're not willing to make some sacrifices and change some lifestyle habits to do that. So let's just say that you guys are willing to make that change. So two, the behavior. And then three, the relationship with the coach and the athlete or the client. So that's a mutual relationship. Uh, Like Kenny said, if I'm not making change after... Uh, let 's say whatever that time duration is, then that client or athlete has the right to fire your ass because you're not <laughs> you 're not fulfilling your end of the bargain, so it 's a two way relationship and then, ah. and then the fourth part of that is the environment in which the athlete or client is in uh because environment is a big part of change. We know that that 's why uh, we built the den here in Montana because community and tribe is so important so Let's just say all those are in line, client walks in, um, and this is, um, uh, let's just say this is this is for fueling nutrition and becoming metabolically flexible. Uh, so that client is, that's what they're coming in to be coached for. The first thing that, and let's just, Mike, let's just, you know, let's just say you're the client. So... If you have any questions whatsoever, if, you know, if I start going down a rabbit hole and for the, for the conversation and for you guys, I'm going to keep this as simple as possible and, you know, full disclaimer, I'm not a physician. uh, I'm not a licensed uh, dietitian. This is just my personal experience as an athlete, as a, uh, as a biohacker, as someone that's just constantly in pursuit of optimizing human performance. Uh, and deep knowledge and reading and researching and following the best in the field. So this is just my take on it.
1: So well, I'm, based on that, I'm now throwing my donut away. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so I'm now the guy in the seat. I'm like, my donuts out of here. Yeah, so no, I don't actually have a donut. So.
0: so if we have any donuts in the car or we're we're, we're chomping on them, while we're listening to this, is this is the start. Uh, <laughs> enjoy that fly out the window. <laughs> you that donut, but you might be throwing it out very soon into this episode. Um, so let's just start. Uh, I like to yeah. tell all my clients that. The first thing is, let's not look at it from a, a diet. Like, let's not look at it from what foods we're eating. Um, or I should say, like, basically what diet, because there's a lot of diets out there, whether it's vegan, whether it's vegetarian, whether it's keto, whether it's primal, paleo. There's Mediterranean, there's a lot of diets out there. Um, mm-hmm. And rather than looking at one particular diet, subscribing to that, and trying to follow it, in my personal experience and with my clients and stuff like that just doesn't work Um, because it's more, you have to, you have to go a step further than that and understand just basically basic cellular metabolism. And for the simplicity of the conversation, basically all I'm saying is like how your cells or how your body produces or uses energy, like fuel substrates. Um, And, I'm going to literally try to make this as simple as possible. And the, the body is really complex by uh, uh nutritional biochemistry is really complex, but it it really, it's complex if you, if you really break it down and get into the cellular stuff, but it's, it's very simple from a fueling standpoint. And, uh, and let's back up. So, with any client, we want to start with longevity markers. And when we look at the longevity space or the human performance space, leading physicians, researchers, it's there's a lot of biomarkers for longevity, but the two top ones that really are uh, the, the golden standard for longevity are fasting insulin and fasting blood sugar. And for the simpli- simplicity of this conversation, we're not going to get into like everything that insulin does, but definite, I, at least from what I've seen, insulin is demonized. It's one of those things like you hear insulin and there's a lot of like, at least in the, at least in my space um, or in the nutrition space, we kind of hear insulin. We're like, Ooh, that's not necessarily like the best thing. There's a lot of roles of insulin. There's a lot of positive and good things. There's And there's some bad things if, If it's out of balance Um, and insulin is uh, uh, let's just talk about from a fueling standpoint, what insulin does. So yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And this is just for, we're talking just strictly for fueling. Um, And like I said, there's a lot of other roles of insulin. Um, But for fueling standpoint, we have three macronutrients. We have, Protein, we all, most of us know what protein is. Meats, any type of meat. Um, there's def- definitely some plant uh, proteins out there uh, or proteins that are, you know, more rich in plants like spinach and, and stuff like that. Uh, then we have carbohydrates, breads, pastas, rice, um, even, you know, just just think of your crackers and chips and donuts. Hopefully none of you guys are chomping on donuts. <laughs> uh, and then um, we have our fat, which is, uh, um, you know, butter, yogurt, vegetable oil. And we'll talk about, the, you know, we're, for this conversation, we're not going to talk about different foods in those. I'm just giving you examples of when I say macronutrients, those are the three. Now, going back to insulin, the one... Macronutrient that greatly affects insulin is going to be carbohydrates. So anytime that we eat carbohydrates, we eat cereal, we eat pasta, we eat rice, we eat donuts, we eat crackers. We are spiking insulin, and from uh, from a biology standpoint, like and from and from a fueling standpoint, insulin is responsible for basically. They're kind of like a transporter. I'm like I gave you this analogy the other day or illustration. I I think I'll just use it now because it, it's I don't know I, it's a funny picture. I know I'm really visual, but think of insulin as like this UPS truck or the Amazon delivery guy. So every time carbohydrates come into the system and blood sugar goes up, um, that blood sugar has to be basically metabolized, transported, and stored somewhere, and that's either gonna be the first place that that UPS insulin truck is going to show up and, and grab some of those glycogen, those blood sugar, and it's going to fill this truck up and it's going to go to the muscle. It's going to, we have something called glycogen stores, or just think of like mm. sugar stores in our muscle. And that's a reserved energy system. So the UPS driver picks up that glycogen and it drives to the muscles and it, you know, goes to its, the, the storage and it, it either says, oh, these are low. Or they're filled up, and if it's a good thing when they're low, so it, it dumps it off there, goes back to the you know freeway and picks up some more <laughs> more glycogen or or sugar, and it basically goes around the body and fills up all these these glycogen stores in the muscle, and we also have a reserve glycogen store in our liver, and we'll get into that later when we talk about another fuel uh, substrate.
1: Quick question, so yeah. uh, just if, if you could, uh, what would make what would give a reason for those storage levels to be low? Like, give an example of why they would be low. That's
0: a really good question. Okay. So,
1: as we look at
0: different fuel substrates, each um, type of fuel that we have, and I'm talking at a cellular level or in the body, each type of fuel that we util- we can utilize is 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 responsible for a different energy output. So that could be a very short burst of energy. Um, like you go to trip off a curb and every single muscle in your, you know, being as fires to, to make sure you don't go down. So that's, that'd be like a <sighs> uh, creatine phosphate. Then we have glycogen stores, which are, Uh, typically when we look at, I like to look at track and field, like the 400 meter one time around the track, Uh, the Mm. best athletes in the world or like an anaerobic state typically can only sustain uh, that type of output for about 400 meters. And that would be the glycogen system. That would be like your glycogen fuel. And so there's a limited amount of that. And to your question, without going down... uh, and talking about the other uh, fuels, if we were to run a 400-meter sprint or we would do anything at, at like an anaerobic level, that would deplete our muscle glycogen. So right there, that means that activity, exercise, movement is really, really important for depleting muscle glycogen, which is really important for optimizing health, which comes back to... That longevity marker of insulin and carbohydrates really playing a huge part on uh, insulin levels.
1: So the insulin UPS driver pulls up and sees their short and goes, Ah, okay, this guy's been moving. Right. Okay. okay.
0: okay. So
1: that's an or not moving. Right. So let's just right.
0: use, let's first talk about moving. So that'd be, you know, that's good metabolic health. And, you know, in the beginning of the episode, I mentioned, or even the title, metabolic flexibility. It sounds like a really complicated term, but it's not. It just means that you're very effective at using the different types of fuel substrates. And when you are active and you're moving and you're you're depleting that muscle glycogen, UPS driver shows up with that glycogen and it dumps it off. It's like, oh, sweet. I got somewhere to put it. That's good. Now, when you have elevated blood sugar and elevated insulin in the body because of chronic, I like that, chronic, I've never said that, chronic carbohydrate intake, <laughs> 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 um, you have you constantly have elevated levels of insulin and elevated levels of, uh, of glycogen or blood sugar. So when that is the case, then that glycogen has to be converted into fat and stored on the body. And in turn, that's when people start gaining weight. That's when you see this—you know—the the stomach, the it, it starts really storing it in those um, sub subcut- in subcutaneous fat, and uh, the weight starts going on, and that becomes a vicious cycle with mm. nutrition or let's say diet. Because say someone wants to subscribe to a certain diet, a lot of times it's yes. And and we'll do a follow up episode on foods in particular, but sure. it's not as much about the diet as it's more. It's more about the macronutrient ratios and the timing of when those foods are eaten. If mm. that makes sense.
1: Yeah, because what you what I was getting from that is that okay, so the opposite of of your storage being already topped off is you are now basically you're probably overindulging in those things that are spiking insulin and you're not moving. And so you're storing as fat and it just keeps going. And then you have the epidemic, I guess that we have in our, in our country essentially. Right. And And that's a, that's a
0: great point and a great segue. We have this, this epidemic of uh, obesity and We've all heard the term um insulin resistant pre diabetic, and that's why it's right. a biomarker. It's not just a biomarker in the human performance space like fasting insulin fasting blood sugar is it, it, even from when when we become insulin resistant meaning like when we we have car, chronic carbohydrate intake and lack of physical exercise or movement. It that UPS driver that truck starts to like tires start falling off and um it doesn't have it loses the ability to to transport that that glycogen or blood sugar because it's it, mm. okay so that's,
1: so that's the truck's broken down the now. truck's
0: broken down or if we want to sake of an illustration just like let's say the storage tanks are 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 broken so the the UPS driver. The truck doesn't have the ability to drive into the tanks and drop the load. That's a better way to put it.
1: Mm, So now
0: the body is, you've become insulin resistant. So meaning you can't properly manage your blood sugar. Cause I didn't talk about that. Like insulin is it basically is it manages blood sugar because we know that with diabetics, like anybody that knows a diabetic (laughs) that it has to use insulin and they have to constantly monitor their blood sugar. Insulin is a very, that's a very powerful tool. So um, if you don't have the ability, and if you're insulin resistant, you don't have the ability to to meta- like to transport that glycogen into the necessary areas, now you have a problem because you have elevated levels of blood sugar. And when you have elevated levels of blood sugar, now we start to see neuropathy. And, and in extreme cases uh, with diabetics, you see loss of limbs, you see uh, loss of vision um, because those very, very small capillaries, blood vessels that are further away from the heart. Um, you have vasoconstriction, like heart, you know, your blood is basically thick. You're, you don't exercise. So you don't have good blood flow to the extremities and those smaller,
1: hmm. those
0: areas. And and basically, the, the the tissue dies because it doesn't have adequate oxygen, nutrients and all that stuff. So wow. It is so important to get a hold of your blood sugar and understand the role that insulin plays in nutrition. And going back to what's why in the beginning I said like subscribing to a certain diet, like each diet is definitely going to have uh, some effects maybe on body composition and on on weight and stuff like that, but Understanding uh, the role with insulin and blood sugar is is more important because you could literally like let's talk about like like use keto as an example, and I say keto because keto if I was gonna say any one diet, which I don't I don't look at it look at it as a diet because um, it's it's a tool, but if there's any one diet that is really close to having it right that's out there there's a lot of mis mixed information but if you understand it keto is great because it's it's actually not a diet keto is a metabolic state it 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 came from mm. a uh, it was developed uh, by physicians to treat seizures for children and they they basically figured out that when elevated ketone levels which we'll talk about that next. This is a great segue into ketones. But they f- they figured out that when glycogen or blood sugar, I should say, was low and ketone levels were elevated, inducing it through a fasted state or dietary uh, intervention, that the, the patients suffered less seizures. And so basically that's a metabolic or clinical term or medical term, uh, nutritional ketosis, and the keto diet was you know, came out of, out of that. Um, And there's some, but, but understanding, like the reason I do like keto is because it's, like I said, it's a metabolic state. It's your, it's actually a great introduction to understand metabolic states because you're trying to achieve a state of ketosis, right? You're trying to get your, your ketone levels up. And that's, that's, let's just talk about, uh, That's the second um, fuel substrate that we're going to talk about today. Well, first, let's talk about fatty acids because fatty acids is definitely um, right there with ketones. It's kind of like the fatty acids comes second. Um, So do you have any questions before we move on? You want to address anything? I just want to make sure I keep this very simple and very concise.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Okay. Um, as as a client, if I you, I would co- I would come to you, and I, I might say, you know, Corey, I've done some paleo and I've done keto. I find myself in those states, and I feel amazing. Yeah. I got really good clarity, and I have I feel absolutely amazing on those. But then I seem to have there maybe if there's an addictive quality to carbs, and I find myself going back to carbs again, and they just kind of slip in there. And so, you know, you mentioned earlier about timing of things, and so it's it's it's, it's trying to manage. There is addictive quality to, to carbohydrates. There is, uh, so I, I feel that, and there's a
0: there's a very uh, there's a really good reason why, and I'll briefly mm-hmm. just you know, explain yeah. it. Um, so, if we were, let's just take away mod like the uh, the modern availability of food. Like, we have the... We can get any food we want, whether it's from some exotic place, some (laughs) tropical place, or some big game from, like, Alaska. Like, we have that ability. Um, But if we were to take that all away, and I was living in Montana in the middle of winter, um, I don't have fruit and carbohydrates available like I would in the spring or summer. Mm. So naturally I'm going to follow a more ketotic state, ketotic diet. That's going to be, I'm going to be eating more protein, more really like fat, basically the foods that are available in that season. And if you're vegan or vegetarian, like good on you hope you're doing it right, but that's like an example I would give of why that's not an optimal diet because if I dropped you 200 years ago in the middle of Montana and said, try to be vegan or vegetarian,
1: good luck with that. No way. So you're saying bread does not grow in the wild? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a correct way to prepare that
0: during harvest or during spring. Yeah. Um, but basically like, so b- going back to why... There is a strong impulse to eat carbohydrates. So let's fast forward to springtime, um, where we're starting to not just hunt big game, but we're actually uh, foraging and, and we're we're looking for fruits and we're looking for you know seeds and nuts and all these different things that are available now in the season. If you and I are out and we haven't eaten for I don't know two days or something like that. And we came across a field of berries and there was just a ton of berries there. We're first going to eat as many berries as we possibly can. We're going to fill ourselves up. Right. Um, And then we're going to fill up our baskets or whatever the heck we were carrying the berries in. But it's the, the body was really the way God designed it is really intelligent because we, unlike a plant, we have this ability to store energy. So the plant is rooted in the ground. It has the water, sun, nutrients, and it's. But it doesn't have the ability to to travel, can't move over space and time. Now, right. when like we have the ability to eat carbohydrates, which can be stored as fat when it's not used as energy right away, that's a good thing because we might not get our next big game kill with that. You know, really dense energy like fat and protein that's going to like keep us going. It's a good thing that we like literally shove our face full as many berries as we possibly can, use the energy at the time that's available and store whatever's left. So, back then, you can, you know, going back to insulin sensitivity, could you imagine how insulin sensitive people were at that time because they were constantly mm. tapping into these different fuel sources? So, it's basically like this reserve system. But now, and
1: or fasting,
0: you're saying too. I mean, they maybe they don't eat for two days. They They're don't eat for two days, stuff and,
1: which is going to tie right sense. into what we're talking yeah.
0: about with fatty acids and ketones. But now, when um, when you have like basically, yeah, like you're saying that you're exercising all these different states, whether it's coming in contact or or finding a bunch of of berries, which are carbohydrates, and you're eating a ton of them, and and you're, the, the, those trucks are, can really easily store it in the, those stores in the muscle and they can fill things up and it's like, oh, sweet, whatever's left over stores fat. So in next week or in the next couple of days when, hey, we might not have some food, the body now is really effective at burning, uh, turning that, those fat storage, that fat storage or that, that, that sugar that was converted into fat, now it can tap it and utilize it as a fuel storage. So. so,
1: let me understand this. So, you're, cause you're pointing out another major problem that we, we're aware of, which is that's essentially where we've evolved from. But one of the big problems is, and I'm just reading this in the book Tribe, is that we, the Western culture has a way of making every modern convenience available to us yeah. at all times. So, we literally don't have to move all week long. No. And we can eat whatever we want from anywhere that Amazon will get. <laughs> drive to so yep. that's, a, that's a real problem there's a, there's a problem with movement and there's a problem with what you're yeah. describing as how, where we evolved from
0: and you can understand now that we're literally fighting if you're consuming a modern American diet or just consuming carbohydrates with every meal you're fighting this uphill battle because you're constantly signaling insulin mm. even though and let's just say you're not an active person now you're, you're heading down the wrong road because you're never, ever, ever exercising um, the, the, the ability for your metabolism to burn other fuel substrates. Like Even if you're consuming protein and fat with those meals, you're still signaling insulin and you're, you're bumping your blood sugar up. So there's never, and, and let's, let's talk about fatty acids and ketones. Um,
1: and this is primarily because of a lack of movement? Is that what you're saying? Lack, no of, movement,
0: lack of movement and chronic right. carbohydrate intake. Gotcha. So those like, and that goes back to just as a reminder, the two longevity biomarkers, the, the two that we look at for longevity are fasting insulin and fasting blood sugar. We want those low. That means fasting means when we wake up in the morning after eight hours of sleep, those markers should be really low. Hmm. Like they shouldn't be elevated because if they're elevated, like let's say you slept eight hours, like you had pasta for dinner, you slept eight hours, you don't have good metabolic with a cheesecake, with a cheesecake, right? At nine
1: o'clock at night or okay, eight o'clock, you're, right,
0: okay. and, and you're you're all those muscles, you know, stores are already topped off. So the the, the trucks driving around, like oh. oh, crap, like we got more more like boxes, like we need a bigger freaking house we gotta so guess what happens that's the the the, it starts storing it in fat and like if your body was a warehouse that warehouse gets bigger and bigger and bigger because there's just so much extra blood sugar that needs to be converted into fat because you're not burning it you're not, you're never like, even if your diet's on and you're like, that's why the calorie counting thing doesn't work. It will it works to a certain extent. If we're manipulating doing calorie restriction, I'm, I'm coaching a client on, on fasting and stuff. Yeah, for sure. But from a, from a dietary, like looking at diet and saying like, I need to stay under the, these, this amount of calories per day. Like if you're macro nutrients, like meaning you're, you're eating the right ratios of protein, fat to carbohydrates and specifically timing carbohydrate intake, you don't need to worry about calories because your hormones will optimize and your body will tell you when you're supposed to eat and you're going to feel satiated because going back to that example I gave you, if it was 200 years ago and we came across a field of berries, that's a good thing to eat as many as we can at that point. But now let's fast forward to the modern times. Like you said, we don't move that much. We're not that active. The, you know, the, the general population and they're constantly eating, coming across those field of berries three times a day and they're snacking in between. (laughs) It's
1: just endless
0: (laughs) berries. And there's endless berries. Every size and color.
1: With chocolate on top of those berries. Okay, got it. Yeah,
0: so now that you understand that or we understand that, we have to look at the two other fuel substrates and that's going to be fatty acids and that's going to be ketone bodies. And they, they, they're, they're very, let's just think of it as fat. So fatty acids are, it's basically a fuel substrate that's circulating in the bloodstream at all times. Like it's never one or the other. We're always burning a ratio of glycogen, blood sugar in a, in, to fat or fatty acids. But the interesting thing is when we, for the simplicity of the conversation, when we restrict carbohydrates, or actually a better way to put it is when we restrict food altogether, let's just say we do a 24 hour fast. There's a, um, there's a, there's a timeline of, uh, of things that take place from a fueling standpoint, the cells goes through this transition. So I just gave you guys, I just talked about like the typical, the general diet, like how most people are eating and the state that they're in. Now, if they restricted and did a 24 hour fast with you know not good, not having good metabolic flexibility or not having the ability to burn fat really well they're going to have a really rough time because they've never exercised the like basically never restricted carbohydrates long enough to drop insulin levels to a level where the cell goes okay glycogen is getting low so let's now preserve as much as we can in case uh a wild animal comes into the trail and we got to run our asses. <laughs> so it starts to preserve and it starts to burn more fatty acids that are available in the bloodstream. And yeah. that's going to be... Everybody's different, but let's just, you know, let's say it's that's a few hours, let's say six hours or whatever upon... Because most people, like when we're intermittent fasting, we do like 12 to 16 hours in a burning fat or in a ketotic state. So... Now we're burning fatty acids, it's the, the, the cellular metabolism or the body starts to preserve glycogen in case we need to use it. And now when fatty acids starts to, to get low, that's where the, the good stuff starts to happen. That's when the, the body says, okay, fatty acids are running low in the bloodstream. We have this, the average person. Now this is the average. So you think of someone that's overweight Um, But the average person has thirty thousand calories of stored fat on their, like, available on their body. So fatty acids Mm. start running low. The cells signal the brain. Brain does says whatever, like, hey, we need to tap that fat storage, those tanks that we've been like, you know, holding uh, because we're running low on fuel. And now the 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 cell basically shifts into a different metabolic state, and the liver converts that fat that the, the that's pulled out of storage and kicks out what are called ketone bodies, and now your body is in a state of called nutritional ketosis. And there is a lot of like there, we could do a whole episode on nutritional ketosis, but the 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 basically the underlying benefits, like the big ones, are just uh, it, it, think of your body. Um, well, not only of the cognition, um, cognitive state goes way up, but you are cleaning house. It's your body does a really good job of, of cleaning up proteins that are bad, cells that are bad. It's called cellular autophagy. Um, now, going back to the, for the sake of the conversation on the topic today, when we when we reach a state of nutritional ketosis, when we burn through our blood sugar, we've burned through fatty acids, and now we've forced our body into burning ketone bodies. Now we have started to. Train our metabolism to in in. It's not even train, but it, it's your cell is is learning how to do something that it already knows how to do. You just don't exercise it, and and most people don't ever do it, even from the time they're born. Because we look at even children's so, infants'
1: diets. because we evolved. Because you're saying because we evolved from that, that that. I mean, just when you were describing the whole berry and, and how we the and abundance we of the food time the, we came from there. Yeah, yeah. So, the so we have the ability. We just we just started and stopped exercising it because of the modern society exactly. maybe is that part of the yeah
0: the okay. modern society the absolutely just the abundance of food and not understand like cuz yeah. i've had plenty of conversations with dietitians i mean these these are really smart people right like they've they've gone to school right. a long time they're they're basically doctors of nutrition but yet i'll have a conversation with them and i'll just bring up like nutritional ketosis and metabolic states and and you can tell most of them aren't trained in that area because they learn about what the fda's food model is right it's like oh they're they're approaching it more from okay if you get this patient in the hospital they're dealing with seizures or they are post-surgery um uh pre-diabetic like this is what you feed them This is the macro, the calories, like based on their body, their weight. Like there's all these, it's all around calories. And uh, honestly, if you look at the FDA's, you know, food pyramid or the food model, it's like carbohydrate intake is the biggest uh, macro that you should be consuming. That's why I laugh when people (laughs) are all yelling on socials now about like, well, the FDA says this. I'm like... Really? Uh, follow the FDA's food guidelines and see how that works out for you. Oh, wait. We already see s- how that's worked out for most people.
1: Yeah, and I just sent you a paper or uh, uh I sent you that thing from uh, Chris Kresser, I think it was. Anyways, he, he sent uh, us. There were three st- papers that were written about the Chris uh, current great. state of our... Yeah, and and he talked about the three papers that were just written about the panels that sit, I think, on the on the... FDA and they were basically saying that yeah we've we know that these are wrong we know these guidelines are wrong but there's a lobbying and financial money and, yep. yeah there's a there's a reason why it probably won't change even though we know it's not right and
0: it's so unfortunate and I'm just like <laughs> yeah I'm just going that's another rabbit hole yeah it's another <laughs> rabbit hole but like just think about it right now from what we're going through and, and yeah. I'm I'm directing this towards the listeners you guys like think about the current state right now and and the conversations that are going on like if you can optimize and implement what we're talking about today like systemic inflammation goes way down and you're optimizing your cellular metabolism which means you're optimizing your your immune system you're becoming more robust more resilient so and this is a conversation that's not being it's not happening like it's at least yeah, from a, a higher, yeah from a higher up leadership, yep. but um anyway, so now we you know we we've talked about the different fuel substrates, the different ways that we burn them, we've talked about movement, we've talked about the importance of you know keeping insulin low, keeping blood sugar low uh, you've Mike, you've asked a question about timing um, I think we should quickly touch on on timing as it relates to carbohydrates and then kind of wrap it up with. Actionable things that we can start with today, um, mm. and not overcomplicate okay. this and make it about a diet because it's not about overwhelming. These are small steps, like these are things, it's um, these are small things that we can start today and that lead to overall <laughs> big successes. Cool, all right. So, uh, how are we doing on time? We're good, we got a good 20 minutes. Okay, perfect. So for the listeners, I gotta like I said, <laughs> we mentioned in the beginning of show, we, I, I got a client coming in at 10 a.m. Uh, mountain time, so we got about 20 minutes, but that's perfect. All right, so yeah. carbohydrate timing. So to better affect our insulin uh, sensitivity, because we talked about resistance, so sensitivity is a good thing. We want we want to be insulin sensitive, so when we eat carbohydrates, we can um, we can uh, Utilize them in the best ways, and we can store them in the best ways. So, the best way to understand, and and we've, I think we've done a good job so far understanding how we deplete it. But movement, so exercise, that is the best mm-hmm. way to uh, basically burn through blood sugar and keep our blood sugar at a uh, at a good level, um, or I should say that's a good way to burn through that fuel substrate, glycogen or blood sugar. Now, if I think the, a good way is to give you an example of how I approach it, I know that's one way I like to learn is just it, it helps me understand how to apply it. So for me, understanding the, the carbohydrate role as it pertains to insulin and blood sugar, it's like, okay, We know that the longevity markers are fasting insulin, fasting blood sugar, so we want to keep those low. We know that carbohydrates dictate both of those. If we eat carbohydrates, if we eat breads, pasta, cereals, uh, candy, crackers, rice, uh, even some really tropical fruits, we can greatly affect our blood sugar levels. And so rather than consuming carbohydrates at every single meal... Especially breakfast. Breakfast is the perfect way to start. This this is a really good way to, to a small step that you can take is just pull your carbohydrates out of breakfast. So I don't eat I don't eat carbs for breakfast. Um, and I save all my carbohydrates. Most of my carbohydrates, unless it's like some berries and stuff like that, I'll throw in my smoothie. But I'm talking about starchy carbs, ones that really uh, are good at replenishing glycogen stores and. And it's a quick, quick. It's it's easy to metabolize. It's easy to digest. Because that that's a, another conversation we can have. Um, but starchy carbs post workout. So what I'll do is I'll hold my carbohydrates till the end of the day, till dinner. And going back to the burning through the different fuel substrates. That basically all day long I'm I'm working through the different fuel systems. So waking up in the morning, slept eight hours, my Fasting insulin and a fasting blood sugar is low. I pour a cup of coffee. I put some butter in there with some MCT oil. Uh, there's some really cool metabolic effects of, of doing that, especially if we blend it. So that's actually accelerating my my metabolic state into uh, ketosis. So I'm I'm basically like going into a more ketotic state, fat burning, aka fat burning, and and. Now, lunch rolls around and even for lunch, I'm having a very big, and just for this conversation, it can change daily, but most of the time I do a smoothie. And that's a very, very Mm. calorie-dense smoothie with a lot of fat and no carbohydrates. So avocado base, I like to throw a couple raw eggs in as long as you know where they're from, Um, blueberries, and I do some... uh, uh, some mixed greens and some more MCT oil or brain octane, and uh, so that's like a really that's a big meal. But with that, so, I'm sorry. Wait,
1: is there a protein powder in there? I just oh, yeah. wasn't sure. If-
0: yeah. So uh, um, lately, I've been using a co- uh, hydrolyzed collagen. I've just been using Bulletproofs, but I also like uh, any grass-fed whey protein. Um, if you if you tolerate oh, really? whey, so just always want to make sure that your your protein sources are derived from clean animals. They're eating clean foods. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, some whey protein, exactly. But going back to insulin and blood sugar, like, even though that is a very, very, very calorie dense smoothie, I'm not spiking my blood sugar. I'm not spiking insulin. So now I've gone, let's say, you know, 10 hours, 12 hours, and I have not yet spiked my blood sugar and my insulin from the time I woke up. Even though I have not restricted my calories, because that's the problem. People like people will go on these diets. They'll and mainly lose water weight, and they'll lose some weight from calorie restriction. But it's more about timing. So if you just extend and restrict your carbohydrates till later in the day, you're gonna you're gonna drive up insulin sensitivity, keep blood sugar low, but make sure you're consuming satiating foods, fat being probably the most important saturated fat, a very clean, good source of saturated fat. And it's essential. Would you believe that? Meaning that you can't get it from anywhere else for all you vegans and vegetarians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> try, try, tell your body that it has to make saturated fat on its own. Like it won't happen. So we need dietary saturated fat. It's essential. Um, so another, another day, another conversation, but that is very satiating. So Going back to calorie counting, it doesn't work. Just get your macros in line, the ratios you're eating, and restrict your carbohydrates till later in the day or at least to one meal because you could flip-flop this. Now, I've had clients that say, I feel like crap when I restrict carbohydrates or I don't eat in the morning. I'm like, that's fine. Mm. Eat, just switch it up. Eat your carbohydrates, whatever you want in the morning and for the rest of the day, I want you to just just cut them and you're still achieving the same thing. You're just kind of, you're changing the window in which your your 12 to 16 hours in a ketotic state or a nutritional nutritional ketosis is is a different part of the day. I find it harder personally, um, but everybody's different. That's why in the beginning I said, I don't like diets because there's no diet that you can just put on one person and be like, this works for everybody.
1: Right, and I feel like the opposite of that would be waking up in the morning, uh, having some toast or a bagel, and then maybe a pumpkin spice latte with whipped cream on top, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> and you're, and now you're primed in a different way, but what's the result of priming like that, if that, if you fueled like that on a regular basis? Regular basis, you're going to have insulin resistance, so because
0: you you basically in a 24-hour period, my take would be you would never get into a... a you would never get into the point of nutritional ketosis. Maybe you might start burning some fatty acids more preferentially, but what probably would happen is people experience low blood sugar symptoms. You know, hypoglycemic, and they get all like cranky and hangry, and I got to eat. So that's just the basically that that's a sign of poor metabolic flexibility the the inability God. to quickly shift its fu- Fuel substrates. Um, that's all it is. So it, and that's where intermittent fasting is is really effective. Um, and I think a, a follow up ep- episode, two follow up episodes on this one it would be uh, really good. Uh, one talking about nutrition in particular, like foods and and stuff like that. Uh, I have
1: and, a question. Yeah. So you're saying if. Because I'm just curious if I um, can go from one meal to another. Let's say I'm eating uh, I'm eating fat primarily for one meal. Then another meal I have carbs. Another the next day I I go on a trail run. I just I've just had only uh, maybe like a fat coffee, like a bulletproof coffee for the morning. Uh, it, and you don't feel funny eating either kinds of those meals. Is that part, that's part of the ability for the body to shift different fuel sources and different demands at any given moment. Okay, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up because that's really I know, coming. I hope I articulated it right. No, it's, it's perfect because that's the topic.
0: Like we're talking about the topic of the episode. And it's really like developing metabolic flexibility. So let's kind of wrap it up with that. So now let's say you guys implemented everything we talked about today. Really effective. Like, and I want to add one thing real quick too. So when I say you guys might get overwhelmed of, of <laughs> you, you might be overwhelmed like, oh my gosh, I can't restrict carbohydrates. Like not eating, you know, carbohydrates or eating them for one meal sounds really challenging. What I would suggest you start doing is um, make sure, like cut your carbohydrates. First start cutting each meal down. Like start looking and identifying the carbs that are on your plate. So, mm. and I'll give you an example. So if you eat breakfast, like eggs and bacon are amazing, especially with toast. Well, ditch the toast and add yep. an extra egg. So now it's like not two eggs and bacon, it's three eggs and bacon with no toast. So you're not compromising mm. calories. You're actually, you, you're, you're adding more nutrient dense calories that are g- going to keep you more satiated. And there's a lot of hormonal effects of carbohydrates, well, all, all nutrients or all macronutrients, but carbohydrates in particular. And I didn't even mention that, but insulin's a hormone. So when we don't when we restrict, when we don't eat that piece of toast, insulin is not elevated. And other hormones related to hunger are not suppressed, like uh, ghrelin, and, and there's another hormone, leptin. And I don't have a really deep understanding of those two, but I know that those play a a huge role in being satiated, but basically your body telling Mm. you like, I'm good to go versus this is a crazy thing. Like when we're, when we feel that rumbling in our stomach, it's not like our stomach necessarily, like it's not like a cramp or this empty, that's an actual hormone that's causing, that signaling that, that feeling to tell us to eat. I always thought that was crazy.
1: That's crazy.
0: Right. So yeah. So, don't overwhelm yourself. Be like I can't restrict my 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 carbohydrates. Like just try that. Say okay, I'm not going to do a bagel, toast, oatmeal for breakfast. I'm going to do eggs and bacon, or just yeah, you know, just try to and, and do that for each meal. Start identifying where your carbs are first, and then cut them down, replace them with fat or protein instead of having you know your rich carbs on the on the plate. And that's a really good way to start because overall you're gonna your net carbs are gonna be are, are gonna be coming down, but not your calories. And that's that's how gotcha. that's how you start first. <laughs> but um, you have to people have to start uh, understanding the signaling behind carbohydrate consumption, especially chronic carbohydrate consumption, because you have like the best example is diabetics. Like when we look at and that's only diabetics type, because type you, two diet. Yeah.
1: Type two, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, even yeah, exactly. Like type two, especially ones that have had neuropathy and lost limbs and have gone blind. Like that is just that wow. shows what elevated blood sugar does. Like when blood sugar is that's, not managed, like we literally like tissue dies. Um, that's
1: unbelievable. And I also think, think of could, here's another example
0: of um, just something to chew on. What happens when we get drunk or? Like we consume too much alcohol, and our blood sugar level goes through the roof because of alcohol like think of the the cognitive disconnect, like how dumb and unaware uh we become of our you know our surroundings and um and that's just, not me <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hold my alcohol, but anyways, yeah, you look at people that are alcoholics, fatty liver disease, like it's right, so you need to control blood sugar. It's so important. Um, and uh, so let's, uh, where do you want to wrap this up?
1: Oh, one more other thing I wanted to add because there are some, because I, I realized that movement is so important and that was part of the equation in all of this. And we can go down this road another time. But, yeah. and, but I, I do know, and I've been reading about this. I know we've talked about it. For people that can't, Move for whatever reason currently, uh, whatever state they're in. I've been reading and found that that the infrared heat saunas <laughs> are good for yeah. sweating and losing and burning calories without having to move, which yep. is like you know every. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's very interesting.
0: That's perfect. So as let, a way to help, you know, let's wrap it up on that. And I remember where the question that you had, and so we can wrap around back to that. So yeah. You were talking about different eating different types of foods, especially carbohydrates, um, at different times of the day after you develop metabolic flexibility. I can't I I think that's what you were alluding to, and like sometimes where you don't feel the effects of it. Um and if I heard that question wrong, it's still I think this is an important thing to 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 touch on. So after we develop metabolic flexibility, now from a mountain athlete perspective, or someone who's gonna go out in the mountains and adventure and really push their body to the limits Mm -hmm. and you're going to be tapping every fuel source available. Think about how advantageous it's going to be from a, from a performance standpoint, if you have metabolic flexibility, because now you don't have to rely on one type of fueling strategy and the best example I give you is an endurance athlete that is carb, it's carbohydrate based that doesn't is not fat adapted and, and metabolically flexible. Everything we talked about today, they might be the top, mm. like top endurance athlete, and they might be crushing it. But from a feeling standpoint, they have to really plan those goo packs, those simple sugars. They have to have those readily available um, because if. God forbid they're not, or they don't get to that next fueling station and get their blood sugar back up to a reasonable level because that's that's where their body is used to, to to burning fuel as it pertains to performance. Now, suddenly, when they have to switch into burning fatty acids preferentially or ketones, guess what? They're not good at it. And if you're already pushing your body to the limits on the course, think of how Ooh. shitty you're going to feel
1: when... Nah, it sounds like a
0: gnarly crash. Yeah. yeah. People already have a hard time when they try to implement this in their normal daily life without even implementing exercise. So talk about crushing it on the mountain. If you guys can start to implement this in your daily life, into your training, switch switch this up. Don't look at diet as diet, like as food, I should say. Look at it as, okay, how do I understand the different fuel substrates? How do I time them correctly so I can optimize my hormones and my body composition. And then when I'm out in the mountains, I don't have to like sit there and go down this checklist of what I can and can't eat. Because guess what? Everything that comes in at that point is just fuel and your cell is like a furnace. And it's like, oh, cool. Simple sugars. Let's burn that up. Oh, damn. There's no more simple sugars. Let's tap into the fat storage. Oh, no more fat storage. You guys are pushing it to the summit. Guess what? We can tap into ketones. There's 30,000 calories of fat stored on the body. So Dang. that's how it, that's how it goes, man. You just you have to understand it from a metabolic standpoint. It's the only way to optimize fueling and
1: nutrition. Dude, this has been amazing because I <laughs> you know what? I've always thought of this like you said we it can be very complex, but you you made the UPS Amazon truck guy <laughs> <laughs> that analogy in the beginning, it's like, all right, I get it now. Like, you know, it's
0: well, and it's I like, like
1: having that insulin sensitivity, yeah. you know, and, and where we came from. No, it's perfect. Uh, this has been and great. And what happens when the, the Amazon
0: warehouses don't have anywhere to store it? They got to get bigger, and body does the same thing. It's like, crap, we need to store more fat, so we got to just get, you know, bigger. Dang. So, okay, well. Good stuff. I think there's some really actionable stuff um, that you guys can take away from this and, and start today. Uh, the big ones are just start to look at... I, first, identify carbohydrates. Identify your your carbohydrate consumption through the day. Find out where it is. Um, and then start adjusting accordingly, whether it's cutting those calories down, those carbs down, and and, and putting more fat, replacing it with fat or some protein in there. Um, and even better, restricting it to one meal, preferentially in the evening after exercise. And that will start to to move the needle and shift you into a more fat-burning metabolic state. So...
1: Uh, I love that. We should do one on the type of exercise or what you would consider enough exercise for the people that don't want to exercise. Yeah. But you know what I mean? What would be considered enough to where it's like, all right, if you've done this, you could probably eat this kind of thing. Well,
0: yeah, we talked about how carbohydrate consumption affects insulin, but so does exercise greatly.
1: Um, Mm, Totally. So we'll follow up with this.
0: Sweet, awesome. uh, any announcements on your end? I know I'm kind of like uh, I'm all over the place coming back from vacation, so <laughs> I don't I didn't put my notes together. Um, do you have anything, Mike?
1: Um, not at the moment when we're uh, okay. we're just getting rolling back into, into I just have season, to, so I'm getting to give a shout and, out to yeah.
0: the listeners. Um, our download numbers are way up and that's definitely because of you guys sharing it with friends and telling it about telling it to people um, or telling people about us, I should say. So thank you so much. Like Mike and I are so appreciative and, and humbled. And, uh, I've had some, some great stories. I have a new athlete, Kelby, who I'm training and, uh, Kelby first found us on the podcast or found the podcast before he showed up at the recovery den. And it's those type of stories that really motivate me, uh, to deliver better content. Um, to really
1: yeah, help I you guys make a that's change. Well said. Yep, that's well said, and I think that humility has also led us to even f- you know finding interesting guests, high performers in different fields. It's it's driving us to bring those to you guys, and I think that's a yeah, I think that's a great position to to be in. And it. it's, it's already really been good.
0: like it's it's amazing. Top talking to the best in the world, world champions, and you know the best human performance coaches, and it's only allowing Mike and I to like, I've learned so much from them and I've directly been, been able to apply it to my clients and athletes, which is so awesome. (laughs) So um, just enjoying it. And thank you guys so much for all the support so far. We always appreciate Apple reviews. Even if it's one word, if you guys just like drop in uh, one word in a a comment, it just helps us uh, get seen more boosted up in the, the algorithm so that would help out a lot uh, you can always find us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook uh, you know where to find us and with that I hope you guys have a good week, stay strong, stay healthy and uh, keep spreading that mountain stoke
1: yeah let's move in the mountains The information provided on the Mountain Wellness Podcast is for educational purposes only and not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always consult a medical professional or healthcare provider if you're seeking medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.